Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and today, Ben and I are discussing all things AI and AI when it comes to social media. AI is the talk of the town currently, so we are bringing you all the newest information on which social media companies are going to be implementing it, how Flick might be implementing it soon, and just what the heck to do with it. So let's get right into the episode. Hello, Ben. How are you today? I'm peachy. How are you, Mackenzie? I'm pretty good. I was right about something that you helped me out with before before this episode. <laughs> Being right is always good. And especially in our space, like we we deal with a lot of people that like if you don't know how to follow the numbers, it can be construed in many different ways. So just to give some light context to people, I was looking at somebody's account and I was more than sure that they had bought followers. And I had Benny Boy look at it with me because he can definitely tell. And we found out that I was correct. And I love being right and knowing when people buy stuff that they shouldn't be buying. 100%. And I love being able to find them. Like I am an, I'm a social media <laughs> sleuth through and through. Like I understand how this stuff works so well that I, I know what yeah. you did. <laughs> I know what you did last summer. <laughs> exactly. And, and she was, they were exposed. <laughs> they were exposed. If you're listening to this and you think, oh, a perfect strategy for me to, like if you're a social media manager or you are a freelancer or anything like that and you're trying to get your client numbers and followers, don't buy them. Just don't do it. I don't know if people realize how bad that is for your account because all the platforms are at a point where they can track this stuff. And so they know what's authentic and what's inauthentic. So if you buy these followers, it's literally a death sentence for your account. Yeah. And, I, and I know people are so fixated on the social proof, but it's literally putting your account in a coffin. Your reach is done. So if you care about your brand at all, do not do it. And if you're an agency and you're selling this service, like you make it so much harder for people that do it reputably. So, Correct. You also run into the issue with, yes, you're buying those followers. Yes, you get a certain amount of likes on your photos, but your engagement is going to be so down. Nobody's liking actually, those followers that you bought aren't actually engaging with that content, which triggers to Instagram. Hey, you know what? This content probably isn't good. So we're not going to show it to anybody. Yeah. Your reach will just dwindle and dwindle until it's almost nothing. And you're just completely wasting your own time. And we were talking about this before, but brand content's never been more difficult, unfortunately. Like there's a lot more you have yeah. to do because there's just so much more competition fighting for people's attention. So if you want to show up on social the right way, it's either effort or don't do it as much because <laughs> like realistically, if you're just posting random photos and there's no reason to follow it, you can't expect the numbers. So you got to have one. One or the other. Yep, exactly. Aye, aye, aye. Well, going into all that, let's just go straight into Flix Tips. Mm. Mm. Flix Tips. Ooh. Oh, I don't know what that was. <laughs> that was a little addition. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> that was like that was one of those producer tags. You know what I mean? Yeah, there, you like, go. there you go. But <laughs> today's Flix Tip is very connected to the shout out that we're going to have at the end. So amazing. You got to stick around. But uh, it's to leverage whatever platform you have the most unique advantage on. And so a lot of people think, oh, I have to be on TikTok or I have to be on YouTube. But if you hate video through and through, that's going to be so much harder for you to break through. And say you love writing, then go to a platform where you can leverage writing and make that your unique advantage. Because usually it takes a ton of concentrated effort on one platform to really get some leverage and momentum. And then you could potentially reinvest into making wins happen on other places. But you want to make that as easy as possible and as likely as possible by going where there's the least resistance for you to create the best content. 
Oh, I love that. I, I haven't even thought about that because I know there's tons of people that follow us that think, oh, even though I'm a writer, or a copywriter or anything like that, I have to be making reels. I have to be putting myself in front of these reels or in front of these TikToks. And that's such a good point. Just utilize what you're good at and stick to those spaces and then you can branch out from there. 1000%. It gives you superpower. But two, honestly, in the traffic you'll acquire from that, even if it's slower, it'll probably be way more concentrated, meaning your engagement will be way higher and you'll actually get a lot more business from it. So too many people are chasing virality, but think about what virality is. For anything to go viral, it has to only be surface level because if it goes over people's heads, it can't go viral. So your yeah. ideal customer is like wildly unlikely to really resonate with you because of a viral piece of content. They may find you and eventually you consume their content, but it's not the be all end all. And for business purposes, it's actually often not gonna bring you a ton of a business. Yeah, because if you're showing up at places that you really don't wanna be showing up at, and I know I've, I did that on TikTok for a while where I'm like, I feel like I wanna do this. And then my content just wasn't good because I'm not that type of person. And when I started switching over to doing more stuff on Twitter, when I've been doing stuff on, I, I'm trying to bring my own blog back. Nice. And staying in those spaces, I realized I get a lot more engagement because that's what I like to do. That's where I like to show up at. So that's a great tip. And just to put a bow on this, if you look at anyone who has had crazy levels of success on social, it's because they quadrupled down on one area where that exact thing took place. It's where their unique advantage took place. So you look at people that are huge everywhere, that almost never happens from being everywhere all at once. It usually comes from owning one platform like crazy, getting to a point where you are just at a critical mass where you can then invest to show up the right way on other places. Done. Love it. Well, today, what we're going to be talking about is maybe a little kind of connected to all of this. We're going to be talking about AI. And I know we talked about chat GPT before, but this is going to be AI and social media spaces because obviously that is the word of the moment. There are a ton of people and especially social media apps that are really sticking to the AI space and wanting to basically double down on AI. And one of those people is our lovely, lovely friend, Mark Zuckerberg. This week, he announced over on Facebook that they are now Meta. And if you don't know what Meta is, you've been living under a rock, but Meta is basically Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram. And they are going to be focusing on generative AI to turbocharge our work in this area. So basically... Mark Zucky's little post said, we're starting by pulling together a lot of the teams working on generative AI across the company into one group focused on building delightful experiences around this technology into all of our different products. In the short term, we'll focus on building creative and expressive tools. Over the long term, we'll focus on developing AI personas that can help people in a variety of ways. We're exploring experiences with text, like chat and WhatsApp and Messenger, with images like creative Instagram filters and ad formats, and with video and multimodal experiences. We have a lot of foundational work to do before getting to the really futuristic experiences, but I'm excited about all the new things we'll build along the way. Now, I feel like this is what metaverse is, or maybe I'm just like super dumb, but I feel like they're already so ahead of most spaces and most social media apps and most social media companies. I don't know how they haven't released an AI-powered tool in their system already. Yeah, well, how I read that is they're looking for ways for AI 
solutions to amplify what's already good about their existing product lineup. So for example, like you said, with, with Instagram, like potentially if they made a super in-depth AI cr- content creation tool and it was only available through Instagram, people would flood over there. Like think about TikTok. Why do so many people use TikTok? Because of all the tools that they have, right? And so I, where my head goes, where I think this could actually be a big thing very quickly, is if they can build a language model that can actually give solid support. Like I know that they want us yeah. to pay for that, but if, if they can build out the language for it, it should come down in cost substantially. So hopefully there are brighter days, even if you don't pay for support. I feel like there's been enough uproar recently, especially with like the meta verified that people, that they're going to have to eventually bring that support into unpaid but we'll see if that happens ever. On, on that as well. So I don't know if this is strategic from, from Facebook and Meta or Instagram, but I haven't had people impersonating me for a long time. And then right when they launched this verification no. service, I've had like four pop up, five pop up. Like, no. And I hadn't had them for like six months. Like I, every time a video of mine goes viral, there's a ton of people that make fake ones. But And it had been quiet for a while. And then... Five people just pop up and they, they they all do this. They make one that looks just like mine. They block me so I can't tag them. And then they follow yep. everyone I follow and mass DM them. So they're trying to get me to pay and it might work, you bastards. But it's, <laughs> it's frustrating and, and way too ironic, the timing. I think my other thing is, is that at one point in time, Meta did have their own chatbots that they were trying to roll out. However, that crashed and failed. I remember that. And... <laughs> So I'm curious what they think they're going to be doing differently or how they're going to be introducing AI into the space when it's already kind of saturated a little bit at the moment because everybody's bringing their own AI tool to the table. Like I know that the ad formats do really well. And I know that's one of the biggest reasons why people who like advertisers are on Facebook because their AI with their ads is just unreal. It's so good. Yeah, no, it's it's phenomenal. As you know, because you do a lot of media buying, but for... Like back, I'd say even like only like five or six years ago, media buying was like a true art form where you had to like really understand the inner workings of things. And now with the sophistication of AI, it's simplified it a ton. So I'm sure they'll try to bring that kind of experience to the other areas where people spend time. But yeah, you're you're right. I don't know what this will look like, but we're going to find out. We are. I'm curious, what kind of AI tools would you want? when it comes to Instagram or Facebook, if you still use Facebook? Yeah, I check Facebook so irregularly, but I think tools to make creation easier like, and like more polished and, and things of those nature too. So uh, yeah, it's, it's really, really tough. I think a lot of the things that I would want to see, I probably can't even think of because I don't know yeah. what's possible or what the limitations are. But it, like a lot of great innovative features if, if someone before, they, they couldn't even have thought of them because the tech, they didn't even know it existed. And I think it was we're, so we're, limited, yeah. Yeah, we're at the frontier of that now where in five years, we're going to look back and be like, oh yeah, that's an obvious want, but we can't even think like that right now because we haven't been trained to. I think it'd be really cool if somehow Instagram could implement trends that are going to be happening in the future. So they're tracking mm. kind of different things that people either are talking about or they're noticing that there's an increase or an uptick in a certain topic or a certain because they do that with songs already the trending songs they're realizing Mm -hmm. that more and more people are using a certain song so it'd be cool if they could do something similar to like hashtags or a certain keyword and then people who are creating content around those keywords they know to use that keyword more i just thought of another thing that could totally transform instagram if they built a tool that monitored a creator's behavior and use of the platform and told them what they were doing wrong 
because there's so mm. much confusion with how to use the features that are given. We're, we're throwing out features every day and no one knows how to use them. So if they could track through and be like, this would be an opportunity for growth and this is how you do it, that would be transformative for bringing people there. Absolutely. And I know a lot of people wouldn't probably use this, but I'm sure there are tons of people in the space that would like they have the creator studio. And I'm curious how many of those creators actually utilize the trainings that they have in there. So obviously at Flick, we have trainings, but we also do one on one support. So if anybody has questions about any of our programs or any of the things that we have, we will actually sit down, do a call with them, take them through everything. It would be and I know this is probably <laughs> impossible to do, but it would be great if they could figure out a way to automate something like that for users who are just starting out on the platform mm. and doing some kind of like training with everybody. And like you said, then maybe making it gamified where you do this many posts and you get to go Jeez. to the next level. Yeah. That'd, that'd be super cool. And that's probably one of the biggest things that I've come across dealing with people who are, especially if they're new to the platform and, and even who've been on for a long time, it's just like, they don't know how to get started. They don't know what to do. And then they just get overwhelmed and do nothing. So if you could like lower that bar to entry through an actual good onboarding experience, because right now in all the apps, it's so boring. Like everyone just click through it and then they're done. Whereas if you actually make it, like you said, the gamification is a phenomenal idea. So maybe they should listen to this and implement. Are you listening, Adam? This is what we're doing for you. <laughs> oh, man. But obviously, Meta's doing their own thing. I'm curious what it'll be like with the chat in WhatsApp. I know, like, obviously, most of Europe uses WhatsApp. Does Canada use WhatsApp a lot? I only have WhatsApp because of people in, like, Europe and other countries. Who are yeah. like, they're like, what's your WhatsApp? And I'm like, oh, I guess I need this. <laughs> but never um, here. Like, no, one, I've never been asked for that in Canada. Yeah, it, and, and that's how it is in the U.S. as well. We don't usually use WhatsApp. But I'm curious if it's going to be similar to what Snapchat is doing. So Snapchat just released their own AI as well. And it is, what is it called? So Snapchat released their own AI as well. And it's Snapchat AI chatbot. And it's actually powered by ChatGPT. And it's called the My AI Bot, which I would never use. But I also don't use Snapchat. And I don't understand Snapchat. And I feel like the oldest person on earth when I talk to people about Snapchat. But apparently what you do, it's only in available for people who are Snapchat plus subscribers. But you can just talk to an AI bot. So it's, it looks is it basically just exact, exactly chat GPT, but in Snapchat, like a lot of the applications where you would want to use something like chat GPT, it would be awkward to do it on your phone. So like, I don't really see how this is going to apply. It'll probably be super entertaining and people will use it for five minutes. This makes me think of the Nintendo Wii. Like you'll use this oh, for five minutes. Yes. You'll be super fired up about it. And then you'll be like, there's no use for this. <laughs> you'll never touch yeah. it again. When all those people like throwing their <laughs> controllers into the TV. Exactly. <laughs> so according to The Verge, while chat GPT has quickly become a productivity tool, Snap's implementation treats generative AI more like a persona. So my AI's profile page looks similar to Snapchat chat users' profiles. And then the designs suggest that my AI is meant to be another friend of yours inside Snapchat. So you're just talking to a robot. That, that's funny because I was actually just about to 
to say that like that's a route they could go because there's actually businesses that that's what they do. They literally are like an online friend for people and it's done through AI. So that actually could be a sneaky win for Snapchat if they can actually make it real personal. And, and the, the businesses that already exist that are like this, it's like weird how much like a human they are. So for how much people are deprived of connection, this might be a win. That is an interesting point that I didn't think of because I was like, why do people want to talk to somebody that isn't real? But there is quite a few, like you said, there's quite a few different companies that do have this functionality. And it's for people who maybe just need somebody to talk to and they don't have that in their life. And that's totally fair enough. But it is an interesting, like my brain was just like, I don't know why I would want to just chat to nobody. Yeah, well... And there's also like you're in a situation where you talk to people all the time. You're very, very social, but that's not the norm. And so I think there's a lot of people out there that would hear this and be like, oh, like that's a great way for me to overcome my social anxiety and have something to talk to and stuff like that. So I'll be interesting to follow the. I'll be really interested to follow the numbers on this because at first I was like, why would you ever want this in Snapchat? But the more personal touch to it makes it make a lot more sense in, in my head. I think this is just going to be another level for them to with all of their AI that they're trying to implement over at Snapchat. So this is just another level for maybe entry and for brands Mm -hmm. to get in there and maybe do chat bots and FAQs for their own brands that people might be asking them. That could be another thing that could happen. Yeah. That's a phenomenal idea. That, That would be so cool if you could basically build your own AI. That's basically like your brand identity. So say like Nike would be, all about the ethics that go along with Nike and you can actually talk with that person. Like that'd be so cool and basically build a community through this AI tool. Like that, that basically be like, you could have an automated discord. Like that'd be crazy. Absolutely. There actually is a company and I will, can't remember the name of of it off the top of my head right now. Let me actually look it up because it's pretty cool. Chat fuel. Ooh. So this is an AI and we actually have a blog post up about different AI marketing tools that you should be using in 2023. I will link that in the show notes as well. But ChatFuel is a chat bot. But what's really, really nice about it is that you can give it your exact brand voice. Mm-hmm. And so kind of construct a persona for your chat bot. So when people are asking questions on your website, I think you can link it up to Facebook. You can link it up to your Instagram and these chatbots will talk to your consumers for any questions that they have, but in your brand voice. And it does cost, but basically from what I've read, it really helps people drive sales and ends up with that like nice conversion rate is a lot higher. And you're actually converting people to paid customers when you use this chatbot functionality. Yeah, honestly, like as, a, as people who work in social, like you know firsthand that there are so many orders that are so close to going through, but the the people want immediate response and they don't want to deal with something that feels like a computer. So if you could automate this process, still make it sound like you and feel like a human, that is a potentially billion dollar solution. Because like literally there are so many unaddressed YouTube comments about products that could easily be solved and be purchases. There are so many Instagram comments from on like celebrities pages about their product. Like ironically enough, I was trying, I was talking to a developer to try to build this exact tool. Like I literally was like, <laughs> and like work in how to like scrape and find where these people haven't been helped and do it in real time. That'll definitely be built by someone way smarter than me. And they will make so much money because there's so many purchases that are almost there that don't go through. I mean, and this kind of correlates to a tip that you've given in the past where you should go on to people's accounts that have a similar niche to yours 
and look at their comments. And if they you realize that that person hasn't answered one of the person's questions, go in and respond to that question. It's the exact same thing. Just that follow through, that follow up, getting people to actually engage and go to your page and see what you're about. Like it's all connected and chatbots and AI and all that kind of stuff. It's helpful because it has an automated process. But if somebody could actually, like you said, go in and go through social media and start scraping for those keywords, it's a million dollar idea. It, multi, multi, like, that'd be crazy. But yes, I, w- I want to double down on that point you just made because it's, so many people are so good at making excuses as to why they can't have success because their competitor already has this many followers. It's like, yes, but that person's biggest strength is also their biggest weakness. Their huge following means they can't give the customized service to everyone. So that may be how you could sell the same service for just as much as the person with a huge following because they the person who is going to spend the money wanted that more intimate connection. So there's always a way. It may be a little bit more effort, but there's always a way. Um, I was talking to Caitlin from Influence Social. That podcast will probably be out next week. She has a really good tip about how she gets such high engagement on all of her posts. And she's like, it's because I spend time mm-hmm. and actually engage with the people back. She's like, yeah, you can do CTAs all you want and you can say, oh, like, leave me a comment. But if you're not actually following through and responding to those comments, you're not going to get the engagement that you want. And so like having that follow through and having that engagement, you'll have so much more success over people who have a huge mass amount of following that they don't engage with their audience at all. Yeah. When I was just starting out, I made that such a priority. And I'm so bad at it now because I do have a lot more things going on. But to speak to how (laughs) really critical that is, is there are people that still will comment on every one of my things. And they're from people from like three to five years ago that like used to DM me asking questions or comment on my stuff asking questions. And I'm like, well, you're still here. (laughs) But like, (laughs) that's the kind of loyalty you bring from genuine connection because it's so rare and and they don't get the attention. And I always say this line because it's so true. If someone commented on your post, chances are like overwhelmingly likely that's not the first post like that, that they've commented on, but you can be the first one to reply. And that could be game changing for that person. And then for you, we just have so many people on our YouTube channel that will ask us questions and they'll say, I've asked this question on plenty of people's YouTube channels and I've never given, gotten a response. And then we'll respond and they'll be like, Oh my God, thank you so much. Like this is huge. Yeah. No, it's massive. And that personal touch, I forget who said this first, but to scale, sometimes you have to do things that don't scale. Of course, you can't do that like crazy, but those are the things that give you that goodwill that can help you scale way beyond what you could before. For sure. So for other AI tools, like I said, we have a blog post up on our website. I will link that. But there are so many different ways that social media is taking AI. So you've got the filters, you have the chatbots, you have just responses, captions, things like that. And there are tons of social media companies that are using chat GPT into like integrating that into their platform. Flick is definitely coming out with one as well. But how do you feel about all of these companies like double down on AI right now? What is your thought process behind it? I think it's almost a necessity. And that's probably how they're viewing it. It's one of those mm-hmm. things where if, if you can't beat them, join them. Like. <laughs> Innovation is happening. And so you you want to be at the forefront of it and actually ride that wave. So I think they kind of have to. And the, the applications for what it could mean to their business could totally transform like how they run business and, and how they become way more profitable. And with most of these being publicly traded companies, 
it'd be tough to say to investors that you're not trying to incorporate that. Cause I'm sure everyone is like, why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing that? So yeah, uh, I'm sure it's, it's a combination of genuine opportunity and then also pressure. Yeah. I think it's just really funny. The Microsoft one with the Bing. Or is it, was that real? Like, I saw that all over meme pages and I just never believe anything I see on the internet. Did it actually say like, I want to be a human or something like that? Yes. So they had to shut down. Bing had to shut down their AI program. And basically they're trying to implement new features and make sure that some stuff doesn't happen. But it was saying that it wants to be human. It was saying that it was falling in love with different people. People were actually feeling like empathy for this AI because it felt like a real human. And again, to kind of go back to the Snapchat thing where I'm like, I don't understand how people could just ca- talk to a robot. There, There's that. Like you have such a genuine connection with AI and that it, they do feel like a real person behind the screen. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. And it will probably only get more and more real feeling, which is obviously scary. But I wish I had a, obviously everyone wishes they had a time machine, but like, I'm so curious to see how this changes. Yeah. Because even stories I've, I've read or podcasts I've listened to about experts in this space, they even say like there's different ways that it can go. And so it's largely up to us, the legislation that we put in place and then also how we use it. So I'm wildly curious. Do you think because Elon was behind ChatGPT originally, so he had a lot of funding behind it, where do you see Twitter maybe being in the AI space or Musk being in the AI space? I didn't even know that he was involved with ChatGPT because I knew that he had pushed for government regulation for AI. So I didn't even know that that he was doing that. But if he does have this well of a knowledge on it, I think... There's no way he wouldn't work it into Twitter if he can, especially for someone who's all about efficiency. If, if you can become more efficient through AI, I'm sure they will. And I think there's a lot of tools that they could work in really easily to help people write more content or better content. And that's probably the first logical step is improving the tools to help you write better and then also to use the platform better. Like their scheduler right now is still pretty bad. So improving those yes. things, <laughs> which is crazy to me because there's so many third market schedulers that are amazing. It's like, how has Twitter not just built this? So I just kind of Googled at Elon Musk and chat GPT. And apparently Elon Musk is reportedly building a based AI because chat GPT is too woke. That's sick. I love that. (laughs) I want to use that really bad. So apparently he was one of the original founders of OpenAI, which is obviously the parent company of ChatGPT. He left in 2018 because he had disagreements in the company's direction, and he has been very vocal against the company ever since. So in response to a user asking OpenAI CEO Sam Altman to turn off the woke settings for GPT, that's a quote, Musk replied saying, the danger of training AI to be woke, in other words, lie, Mm. is deadly. So he is... That's fair. So he is apparently working on a based AI. And based, we you should see. call it that. You should absolutely call based it that. AI. Based, based bot. That'd be yeah, sick. based bot. Well, AI, it's here to stay, my friends. AI. And you have to learn how to deal with it. You're going to have to learn how to use it and utilize it. It's here to stay. I will say this is kind of a weird segue. A friend of mine currently is on maternity leave. And she's also in the marketing space. She hasn't been doing anything for the past nine months in terms of her job. And 
the amount that has changed mm. in marketing and social media for the past nine months, I would absolutely lose my mind going back to work because it'd be like, okay, now we have AI. Now we have to do these tools. Now we have this to focus on. And it's just absolutely crazy to me how much things can change just in a few months when it comes to social media. Yeah, we take it for granted because we're in it every day or maybe we don't see the scope of how much things are changing. It's like when you someone gets a puppy and you see it once and then you come back a few months later and it's now a dog. <laughs> I think that's, yeah. what, that's yeah. what like social media is. It's completely different, but we're just it's a little bit by a bit every day. So yeah, nine months, she's going to have some learning to do. So good luck to her. So mu- Yeah, and she listens to this podcast. So oh, hi, so Amanda. She's, so she's good. <laughs> Amanda, you're good. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're fine, Amanda. You got this. But it, yeah, it's just... I was thinking about it the other day because we were talking about it and she's like, I just don't even know anything about AI. I really haven't been paying attention. And I was like, oh yeah, this is a huge part of the space that you wouldn't have had to think about nine months ago. Just how quickly the rollout was, how quickly every single social media app and company have latched onto it. It's definitely a thing that you're, we're always going to have to constantly be thinking about. And so obviously stick to listening to this podcast, we had a chat GPT episode a few episodes ago where Ben broke down ways that you can utilize it for your advantage with social media. We will have lots of blog posts coming up this month on flick.social and YouTube videos and TikToks and Instagram. And everything on there will be about how you can utilize it for your social media strategy and make your workflow so much faster and quicker. The other thing is, is that Flick is actually going to be rolling out a AI social media assistant. We're going to be putting that into our toolkit. And so if you have a Flick subscription, you will be getting that hopefully soon. We're in testing right now for it. But if you'd like to join our test, we have a wait list and you can find that over on Flick.social. Just click the button at the top that says AI assistant and you can join our wait list. Absolutely. Go do that. I think a big thing for your peace of mind too, if you do feel overwhelmed and stressed and feel like you don't know anything about AI, the vast majority of people, if not almost everyone is in the same situation. So be kind to yourself, calm down a bit, and then just follow places (laughs) that are looking to educate you much like we are, because we see that it's a a big change. So we're going to try to allow you to be at the forefront. And if you just consume that information, it doesn't have to be as scary as a lot of people are making it out to be. Absolutely. So Ben, do you have a Flick feature for the week? Yeah, so the Flick feature is as teased earlier, tied to the tip. And that is a person who, and actually, whoa, he he was brought up organically through his product too. So this is actually the founder of that tool, <laughs> Hype Fury. Oh, nice. Yeah, and so his name is JK Molina. And so he is someone who's not really that well-known across social, but he's huge on Twitter. And he's built a huge business, and both SaaS and service-based, two different ones. And it's all basically through Twitter. So he really is an advocate about writing. And then also the piece that I said, in the beginning about really doubling down where you have a unique advantage and then building momentum to bring other places. And that's what he's doing right now. Since he sold this company, he's now trying to grow in other places, but he's a great case study. I would go over to his Twitter is probably the best place to follow him, but he's also on Instagram and it's one. So O N E J K M O L I N A J K Molina. Perfect. We will have his handle in the show notes and we will also link hype Fury down below as well. So you can check that out. But if you like this podcast, please give us a five-star review because that always helps us out. And you know what? I'll just love you forever if you did that. 
Be sure to also follow us over on Instagram. We are at flick.social on TikTok at flick.social and on Twitter at flick underscore social. YouTube is at flick training, but the easiest way to do it is just go into the search bar and type in flick hashtags or flick Instagram, really anything social related and we'll pop up. So our our full name is like flick and then multi-social marketing tool or and our at is at flick training on YouTube. They just added those recently. So, but we're not hard to find. If you just type in flick and anything social related, look for the, the beautiful blue logo. Well, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week. Bye. Peace.